don't. Don't open that box. What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't have opened it. Open it. Open it. Open it. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents The Mystery Box. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Bartek, also a host. Hello, Bartek. How are you? Good. How are you? I am very well. We're doing our monthly show, The Mystery Box. What is that, Bartek? What is The Mystery Box? What is it? The Mystery Box is a show that we do once a month where we have a guest, or one time we didn't have a guest, uh, pick out a mystery DVD from the mystery box. And what we do then is that we watch the feature film or whatever feature is on, whatever the the project is on there, if there's multiple, whichever one's the default. (laughs) And then, you know, we watch it, we discuss it, and then we come on here to the podcast and fully discuss it. Excellent. That's a great breakdown. You broke me down on the inside. You're I'm, welcome. I'm crying on the inside. I I should mention we are spin Polish, likingly because we're always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. That aspect doesn't really matter in this monthly show. Usually in our weekly show, you would have the title of the movie in Polish, and then I would be like, I don't speak Polish, and then you're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, and you're like, okay, and then we go back and forth for a bit. All right, no cross-promoting. But Bartek, we covered something yeah this episode but we didn't cover it alone i was surprised yeah i'm surprised too we didn't cover we covered it something we had a guest come in pick the movie completely at random all the movies are wrapped up in the box you can't tell which one's which and our guest came to my house put their hand in the box and picked out the thing we watched but who is the guest the guest is a first timer for the mystery box but has been on unappreciated masterpieces three times i would say really yeah. Three times a lady. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest is Mr. Nathan Malloy. And might I say, it's an absolute pleasure to be here today. Thank you, Malloy. Good acting. Now, yeah. is, <laughs> now is Malloy 1L or 2? Um, it's it's dire that you get this wrong again. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. It's 1L, but all the successful Malloys are 2Ls. So yeah. whenever there's a conversation of important people, I tend to just slide in that extra L. The so, aerospace you know, engineer? Yeah, the aerospace engineer, the scientist, and the, the, the 1L has a circus. So, I mean... I, I like we didn't mention Mick Malloy, the Australian comedic figure. I mean, I'd put an aerospace engineer over a comedian, but, I mean, you make your wow. standings wherever you want. Well, which one did you send to space, Ryan? Well, Mick Malloy, of course. <laughs> he made the film Cracker Jack. Yeah, he'd make the world's first space jokes. Exactly. It'd be perfect. First space jokes? Well, you clearly didn't hear one great step for man. You know, whatever. So, Bartek, well, we Star did... Wars. Star Wars is a great joke. <laughs> but Bartek, we covered a movie, a movie this time round. Yeah. yeah, an actual movie, not a home project made by a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, the last time we said that, Ryan, <laughs> that we watched an actual movie, it was like a horror film, and well, well, this one is is a horror comedy, same as the last one that was an actual yeah. movie. We watched the movie Fido. Yes, Molloy, you pick this. 
I know, it was like Christmas yeah, coming yeah. earlier. Because you had awesome. to unwrap it as well. Yeah, I know, it was so much fun. It's like you put then, it in a little box and I rather it's like, oh, what's it going to And then be? we all had Christmas pudding. Yeah, I know. We all had eggnog. And there was a face looking at you when you got rid of the wrapping, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really scary. So, Malloy, you picked this. Yes. What was your feeling about when you grabbed it and you saw it? What did um, you feel before we watched it? What did you? What did you? What was your inkling? Well, I first saw the giant horror tag in the corner. I'm like, oh, sweet, spooky movie, awesome. I haven't watched <laughs> one of these in ages. And yeah. then I started going like, oh, that's a bit of a goofy smile. And then I kept looking smile? through. Well, it's more about. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's be honest. There's the threatening roar, and then there's kind of like that. <laughs> where it's like partially open, inquisitive. That's more of an inquisitive one. Yeah. But yeah, so I looked at that and go, oh, I have no idea what this is at all. And then I saw Fido. I'm like, well, that's the least scary title I've ever seen in my life. Well, and I think you pronounced it say... Fido. Into... Yeah, I did. He literally was like, oh, Fido. Fido. <laughs> Fido. Fido. Bartek, you, you, you reacted when he grabbed this out. Did I? Yes. You went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still don't know what that means to this point. It's more of an oh and oh. Oh. For me, it didn't fill fill me with much excitement from your For end. For me, it was oh yeah, that was in the box because uh, I, I I have I'm not as familiar with everything that's in the box. So. I I'm losing familiarity with them as time goes on. I saw I saw that there were like yeah a half a dozen things there, and I could think of half a dozen things, but this one was just one of the ones that slipped my mind. And of course. I saw it and went, yeah, 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 I remember this now. It's It's got Billy Connolly in it. That's what my media and, thought was. And you found this, Ryan, did you not? Um, my fiancé found this, actually. Ah. She bought this from an old uh, Video Easy store, I'm pretty sure, like a video rental store from some suburb. Sa- Station Square, I heard Station you Station Square Videos. If I, you know, give the phone number, like, phone <laughs> him up if you want one. A couple of years ago, um, she thought, well, this looks weird. And it was. Um, now, the thing about it is the cover is always what draws people into to a movie, like a poster. If you don't know about it, if yeah. you saw it, what draws you in is like an iconic image. And this image on the cover of this is just very simple. It's Billy Connolly. It's, you know, a headshot photo of him. He looks decayed. He looks like a zombie. Mm-hmm. He's got his mouth open, screaming, as what? Malloy described it before. Like, but it could also be translated with um, more terror because he's got these decayed teeth, and behind him is a white picket fence sprayed with blood. So you could determine it as a polite Ugh! or a. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very hard translatable picture for the kind of uh it is, but mm. it is definitely an uh variety of facial expression. It isn't like a oh facial expression mm. or a e facial expression. It's a uh facial expression. Isn't that right, Malloy? Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like is this scary? Is it not scary? What am I entering with? But this? it definitely is a zombie it's, face. Well, it, I mean, yeah, it's either that or someone that's just grabbed a pile of makeup and just chucked it on their face. Oh, I face. thought you were going to say he's grabbed something really hot and we can't see it <laughs> and then below it. He's like, ah, my hand! It kind of looks like he's balancing Well, the like, he wasn't prepared for the makeup. Like, someone's just kind of up and chucked mm. the whole entire thing in his face. And it's like, ah, my eyes! Ah! So it's a very simple cover. It's white picket fence behind him. Blue sky, the title Fido in white, big white font with blood sprayed on it. Uh, it has at the bottom just black with the outlines of the uh, suburban homes and picket fences in between the homes. And it has a great tagline here. He'll steal your heart, dot, 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 or eat it. <laughs> Which is a great, great little tagline to draw people in. It drew me in. 
And the Australian Classification Board said that this is MA, if I see that correctly. Uh, MA, Mature Audiences, uh, 15 plus, uh, for Strong Horror Violence. Again, and when I saw that, that's why I thought it was like, oh, this is an actual horror movie. And then I saw Fido, and I'm like, oh. Keep it here. Come on, stupid. Throw it. It's a baseball. You throw it. You throw like a girl. Now, another thing to mention is I was filled with supreme happiness because I saw Lionsgate is on the cover. Yeah. And I saw it had quotes from critics and it had celebrities in it. So I thought, ooh, we're getting a movie mm. because... um. Other times we haven't had these things on the cover, and it has filled me with much yeah, dread. Similar to, mo- I was going to say, I love this is where the bar is set at this point. It's like it has a title and a company, should, and people have more, seen it. You know what? what? After this, after this recording, we should show you some of the other DVDs. They're I would love to pretty see. Pretty epic. Yes, but this one looks like a you know, it's a standalone film. It's not in a pack. It's got all those things you just it's said. It's got Billy Connolly in it. It looks like you know a standard movie that was probably in cinemas and marketed. It does well. look like a film. Yeah. So we were filled with much excitement, except for Bartek, who we could not determine what he was filming. Yeah, with. I still don't know at this point what he was feeling at the start. <laughs> and also, <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, I noticed that it had a setup menu, which not a lot of things we've done on the mystery box had. No, no, no. How no. low is the bar for you guys on all this? Dude, we've been doing this show for over we, a year. We didn't. We didn't the check. Bar is on the floor. We didn't check Malloy, but if this. This film, if this DVD has subtitles, it is above, like, everything else we've done. It doesn't say on the back if it has subtitles, but I hope that it did. Oh, wait, it does. English and Spanish. Huzzah! There you go. That's two subtitles. Fido, I looked at it and went, oh, this is a zombie movie. Mm. I didn't think much else about it. And I, oh, I tell a lie. I did think it was going to be comedic because it had Billy Connolly in it. And you associate him with more comedic things because he is a comedian yeah what about you Bartek when when you saw Fido's brilliant little face did what did you think you were gonna uh, get yeah I thought it was gonna be a zombie film I, I still had the idea in the back of my mind that like oh maybe there's gonna be a dog because the name Fido is so you know associated with dogs but Billy Connolly on the cover I didn't point out is wearing a big wearing, collar yeah the, the the notable zombie collar of the film oh boy we need to start delving into this big bad boy of a movie don't mm. you agree yes this movie is a movie Malloy the bar is really that I mean, low yeah yeah it, it's definitely a movie <laughs> out, of, out of movie out of movie I give it a movie it's, it's, it's well, definitely we know Malloy's raining yeah well <laughs> we don't want to give it away too early but uh Okay, so this movie opens up immediately onto like this old like kind of propaganda yeah. inf- like uh, ad like not ad like it's one short of those film of nineteen fifties black and white like educational videos. Video short, yeah, 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 and it's basically how the movie can give you exposition. To mm. tell you what the movie is. It immediately gives you a 50s aesthetic. Like, you have that guy who talks with that pseudo-English accent. Mm. That's kind of like... And also that kind of old-timey accent where he's like, yeah. and welcome to this this plot line here. We're over here now. And then it's like... It's the kind of voice that from Family Guy Quagmire's voice was based off of, yeah. Those old radio presenting yeah. types, yeah. And basically you're told the equivalent of World War Two in this universe was the zombie wars because space dust came down and woke up the dead and zombies started attacking all over the world, I'm assuming. Mm. We're not sure about the world, but at least in America. 
and the zombie wars broke out, people are dying, people come back to life, and the whole rule is if you die, no matter the consequences of if it's a zombie or not, you will come back from the dead. That's a big thing. This movie doesn't really need to do the your bit and die because it, actually it has characters that later on get revealed to have been bitten, but they did not turn into yeah, zombies. Yeah, they just have like scars or whatever. Yeah. So you have to die to become a zombie in this universe, not just get bitten, mm. which is kind of neat. I think that's Walking Dead rules, but I wouldn't know. No, I'm fairly sure Walking Dead, I think, still is the bite. Yeah, it's still the bite. I'm oh, okay. fairly sure it's still the bite. Um, yeah, it's still the bite, but... You get this little, you know, uh, into you know, educational video just telling you the plot, and basically the Zomcon, the zombie company. See, when I heard that, I was thinking like zombie convention, and I was just yeah. going like, oh well, this is a really weird start for this comedy film, and I'm like, is it going to be like a whole convention? With oh, yeah, but it's actually this like very yeah, it's well like, organized. It's like their version of Umbrella, essentially. Yeah, it's their version of like a scientific organization that is combating against the zombie attacks, and they've come up with building fences to stave off zombies from breaking into towns. Uh, who was the scientist? What was he called? Oh. Professor Geiger? Yeah, yeah, Geiger. Something Geiger. Yeah, yeah. And you never see him in the movie other than this footage because he's obviously dead by then because he's yeah. like this really old man. He's a really old man. And he makes a scientific discovery of... Uh, he, he, he invented the collars. But he makes a scientific discovery Oh, of... yes, yes, yes. They, the zombies can only be incapacitated if you destroy their brains. Which is great. Which is, it's great, but it's also raised the question, how did no one figure this out? Well, before? we live in a world where shooting... zombie movies exist. Yeah, but I mean, if the military's blindly shooting bullets at these things, surely one of them must have hit the head and they go like, oh, he didn't come back up. Yeah, yeah, but Well, maybe, if they're blindly maybe... shooting, then they wouldn't know what it was that took him out, right? Exactly, uh, Malloy. Yeah, all right, I'll give Take you that. Take that. I'll, in gi- your... I'll give you that. <laughs> Take that in I'm your... not fighting you. I'm Take just... that in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it, young lad. So... Oh, he makes the discovery of that, and then he eventually leads to the fact that you could tame these creatures, these zombies, by making these uh, collars that yeah. kind of send electromagnetic signals to their brain to tame them and become servants. And the way the way it gets uh, conveyed to us is that when the red light is on, it's working. Yeah, and they basically tell you throughout this whole entire little uh, prologue that. This company runs everything now. There's the wastelands outside the uh, the wastelands. They call it the wildlands. The wildlands outside yeah. where zombies just roam. And if you're inside, you're safe. Sometimes zombies will attack anyway, so you have to press your emergency zomcon button. I think it's com, right? Com. No, it's with an N. Was it? It's not on the cover anywhere. So. Yeah, it's with a, it's with an N, which confused me. Uh, either way, your zombie protection people press that and they'll come along and take care of the zombies, basically. If your zombie's collar malfunctions, they'll take it away. Yep. And zombies are just basically second-class citizens and pets on a level. Hence Fido. He names mm. him like a dog. Our main character. Our main character... Timmy. Who we in- <laughs> get introduced in the real first scene of the movie, which yes. is in the classroom. Yeah, it was a transition. Because when we were watching this 1950s, you know, educational short, um, it was in, like, that a very old aspect ratio. Like, not all of the screen yeah. was being used, but then... Yeah, the old 4x3 four, four thing. Yeah, 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 but then it turned out that this was actually us watching it on a, like, whiteboard projection or something. Yeah, yeah, or TV yeah. projection. And then, you know, the, the film actually transitions into the proper aspect ratio and colour. And the movie's set during, like, the 1950s now, mm-hmm. maybe early 60s, because there were some colourful things in there. Yeah. And we are introduced to our main character of Tim. Timmy. Timmy Robinson has a question. 
Timmy, go on, ask a good question. <laughs> Just to give a bit of clarification, this is one of these post-apocalypse movies where the society has come back again, but they're now really corrupt by, like, you know, they don't really have real strong morals in any way. Like, it's all white picket fences and nice things, but zombies are treated shit. Yeah. And... It's really difficult to even say that there is any sort of apocalypse going on mm. because everything is so structured. Everything's so structured in terms of that really scary, evil corporate way mm. where, you know, people, if they do the wrong thing, will be sent off and fend for themselves in the post-apocalyptic wastelands outside and all that. And and it's just that white collar world. Everyone's everyone's happy all the time. They have to be, or else they get taken away. And that's kind of the world we live in. So Timmy at the beginning asks questions. Yeah, a question that well, never really was answered throughout he, the whole uh, entire film. I actually thought it was going to come back. He didn't. Yeah, so did he I. didn't want to ask a question. If you remember, guys. No, 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 no. Bullies but, force him to ask a question because we get introduced at the beginning uh, uh, to the kind of antagonist of the movie. Yeah, the the president Mr. of the company, Mr. Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> Who was great, and he just comes in and basically gives you that old 1950s kind of like, look here, they're, you know, you could become one, and you could become one, and, you know, we have to kill them. And yeah, he, how many people here, how many children here have killed zombies? And like three or four of them put yeah, them up, and he's like, he's like, that's good. You see, I'm very. No more than that. No more than yeah. that. It's like, I'm very proud because. The people who haven't killed him, that's what I want. I don't want us to live in a world where we all have to kill zombies, but he's the kind of guy who clearly does want to live in And we in also like, yeah. he's a veteran who's, like, proud of his 500 kills, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we're introduced Zombie that, Wars veteran. And the two little... And there's two bullies who, in any other movie, would be <laughs> dweebs and Yeah, nerds. it's weird the bullies were your typical, oh, gee, guys, and the kind of, like, the fumbling around... And they had, they had the, like, the Boy Scout uniform. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like the younger version of the characters from Dumb and Dumber, yeah, they, except they, they, they like... didn't grow up. Up, they look like they'll be in a show like Leave It to Beaver or <laughs> yeah. you know Opie and all that kind of stuff and all the Andy Griffith show and and but they're the antagonists mm. and and they just basically force our main character to ask a question. Yeah, they like uh, they like one of them asks a question first, but doesn't end up being a question, and they get told of like, all right, can we have a real question? And then Timmy, who's in know, the way back in the classroom they, looking bored, they do that real interesting thing. No, he looks nervous. That's nervous. The, that's the thing because yeah. Timmy's a loser because they do that conventional thing. We've seen movies. If it's about a kid, our main kid has to be a dweeb loser who's on the outside, but he's the one that actually has it all together. Yeah. In the world of this corrupt society or this ignorant society, and he asks the question, which was. Um, yeah, he gets forced to ask a question. I believe the question he asked was, are zombies dead or alive? That's a stupid question. And then that's immediately where he gets told, but Mr. Mr. Bottoms is like, there's no such thing as stupid questions. And he just gives an answer, which is, no, they're monsters who want to eat you. Well, yeah, but you, you raise the question whether that's just him justifying the fact he's killed 500 of yeah. them. Because if he's like, well, they're kind of alive, you kind of go, well, yeah. should you be putting them as trophies and the rest of stuff? But the other question, the one he asked afterwards, I think which is... Which was the, a great question. Yeah, which is the one where if they were buried still down too far and they're clawing their way up, are they dead or not? Yeah. But, and the question was never actually answered. Yeah, yeah the, the question was... Speechless. Yeah, the question was, yeah, are, the, are we actually protected in this gated community if there's zombies underneath us digging their way up? And, and it's played for a comedy beat because then it's just silence... And then moving on to the next yeah, thing. Let's yeah, let's go to outdoor education. Yeah. But uh, but it's very interesting, this scene, because it 
it's the introduction to this main character that we get, Tim, and it makes us think like, oh, he's inquisitive, he's wiser. He's questioning the system, and he's going to most likely change it or alter it in some way with his experiences of learning to meet a zombie that changes his perspective. He's the progressive one, yeah. But then he's not for the rest of the movie. (laughs) He's a little asshole that uses Fido to hurt people. (laughs) And he is 100% for the system, except for when it dicks him over personally. Yeah. Because, like, he was basically just trying to survive in that class. Like, like, just to skip ahead, there's this old lady character we get introduced to called Mrs. Henderson. Yeah. And later on, her husband, due to the system, gets taken away and thrown out into the zombie apocalypse outside. And Timmy does not show any form of guilt or regret because it's his fault that that event happens in the yeah. first place. Yeah, he didn't even seem sad. He's kind of no, like, no, no, oh, no. well, they got He didn't. He didn't. And that's kind of the commentary, I guess, they're making. But, yeah. like, usually in a movie, like, these types of movies, they would play that, that main character, Timmy, is way more, like, naive or innocent or guilty or whatever. And there are other things that he is morally, like, you know, hung up about, but not the, not not some of the more morally unjust things. But that's yeah. the thing that I see. I think it threw us with that. But the more I think about it, this movie is a comedy. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, a satire on society stuff. So Timmy being this flawed, terrible person of a main character really works because that was something that worked as a comedic thing for us. And I think mm. it was intentional for that. What a stupid question. Really stupid. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Well, the truth is, to some people, zombies might seem human. But make no mistake. These creatures have only one goal, and that is to eat your flesh. So without Zomcon, we'd all be dead. And then where would we be? Dead. 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 That's right. So does that answer your question, Timmy? I guess. You, you guess? Well, this isn't a world where we guess, young man. You either know something or you don't. This film deals with a lot of interesting issues. You know, Timmy has... They introduce a lot of things, but they don't follow through on them. But it's not annoying. Like, mm. they introduce that he might be in love with the new girl who is Mr. Bottom's daughter. But then they never follow through on that yeah, she ever, just ever every again. Now and then, yeah. Like, she helps him, but he never does the I'm in love with her and I want to pursue this outside yeah. of the first scene. And that's when you get shown that the bullies are bullies because they try to shoot him in the face with a gun. Yeah. In the classroom <laughs> scene, the girl is introduced wearing these, like, corner framed glasses those old secretary glasses yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like oh she's our newest and possibly brightest student and she's the daughter of this president guy so mr bottoms mr bottoms and we we eventually learn like oh she's actually secretly sort of rebellious like she doesn't like ballet but she's made to do it and things like that she's a she's a conformist but an aggravated conformist she's a rebel Without a cause. Really, pretty much, yeah. Um, Yeah, so basically you get taken outside for a bit, you get introduced to these two dweeby bullies as they are really bullies because they want to shoot him in the fucking face with a gun. That does have a great little gag in it because this movie has so many gags, but this one I really liked where, where... He's, the kids get taken away, put on detention. He's like, yeah, but Timmy said Zomcon or Zomco is, is stupid. And then and then Mr. Bum's like, get out of here. And then he helps Timmy up and is like, 
did you really say that? And then <laughs> hard scene cut to next scene. <laughs> so many moments in this movie is just like, that's the end of that scene, moving on, but in a good way. Like, usually if I say that, that's a negative, but this just gave comedic yeah. pacing a real good kick. Yeah, know? hard cut has always been one of your things of being like, oh, then it hard cuts again, but the hard yeah. cuts were used well in this film. It's a comedy cut, you know, <laughs> it's a great comedy cut. Yeah, I was going to say, and I do love the fact in, like, this post-apocalyptic world, a child literally holds a hand, like, a rifle up to another <laughs> child's face and goes, no, 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 stop, you can't, and just pulls the ear and walks off. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. real punishment other than just a couple attention. of hours, just detention, with a loaded rifle at another <laughs> child's face, and you're just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an interesting little world that they set up in this. Like, that's the thing that is the biggest strength in this is, the universe that they set up, like this whole town, which was um, I forget the name of the town. Oh, um, it was something with uh, yeah, I can't W, wasn't either. it? It was like Willard. A, Willard. That's it. The yeah. town of Willard. They set up this universe really well. Like not only just as the exposition at the beginning, but just the way the society works. Like you have interesting little side characters that actually do influence the plot. Like yeah. usually when we've had movies in the past, movies. <laughs> Or, you know, they're side characters, but they don't actually really influence the plot. Mm. You have Tim Blake Nelson's in this movie as Mr... Um, Theop- was he Theopolis? Yeah, Mr. Theopolis. Yeah. And he is a guy... His whole storyline could just be like a comedic side plot where it's like, this guy has a young, sexy zombie Barely lady. Barely decayed zombie girl who's like half And he uses her for as a sex slave, basically, yeah. and his girlfriend. And you could just have that be a thing on its yeah. own, and it doesn't influence the plot. And, but then and he actually influences yeah. the plot and helps the main characters achieve things, but he's still a side character. Yeah, he and he has all these like physical characteristics that like just on their own conveys who his character is and you think like yeah. oh he's he's just a side character we see what he's about that's the gag but no he he helps the main character progress the plot to, yeah. to the climax and you have a bunch of that in this movie like little yeah. characters that actually help progress the story and which it seems is, transformation too which seems he, even in mainstream hollywood movies he's a forgotten <laughs> art form of having side characters that actually matter in terms mm. of being in a movie other than we just need to fill out the four-hour running time of our movie. Like, that's something I have to praise. Like, the universe, these characters. Like, you actually want to see more of these characters? She looks good for a zombie. Same as the day I met her. She was shopping in the grocery store for candy corn with her mom. Had some kind of a brain aneurysm. They slapped a collar on her before she even hit the floor. Got her before there was any decomposition. We go back home, we meet the mum. What's the mum like when she sees Timmy's shirt is kind of scuffed up because he got bullied at school? Well, the mum was pretty much like, well, don't let it happen again. We'll just ignore it like everything else is happening. It's the post-apocalyptic, so don't worry. It's it's the past is past, and let's just move on to the next thing. But 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 she does give um, physical affection that ends oh, yeah, the any form worst... of psychological damage I've ever enforced. Oh, yeah, the world's worst hug I've ever seen in my life is kind of like, I don't want to get dirty, so here's a little tap, and then we're going to move backwards a little bit. I don't want to go too far, because that'll show our care. So, eh, yeah. you, know, you know what's really great about that? What? We we made jokes about that, and obviously that's played for a comedic beat, but that little moment, that little hug there, is a great little tool that the filmmakers and the actress and the director use to inform us that what is the central message of this movie is the, the family is very sterile, emotionally sterile and through the course of events they become less and less and less emotionally sterile and more emotionally affectionate except for the father 
Mm. Yeah, because at the beginning she's all very prim and proper, and she you know she gives him a light hug, and that's like a nice visual cue for the audience without selling without her being like I'm an emotionally sterile character. (laughs) Like you know, compare that to like halfway through the film after that funeral where she like you know puts her arm around him, like we're going zombie or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great line. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I think it's not just that family. I think it's honestly all of the families in the community. Yeah, all the characters. It seems like the whole scenario is all of them are like, well, this zombie thing is too emotionally straining. Oh yeah. Just definitely. incorporate it and just zone ourselves out completely. Oh, that's definitely a society, but yeah, since we're following this family's yeah, journey, yeah. that's a great visual little moment, which is just subtle, subtle filmmaking there. Yeah, like, well, like and, you know, it's great. Yeah, and Ryan, you and I, and I think Rachel also were thinking uh, sort of towards The Legend of Frosty the Snowman, which was also <laughs> set in like a 50s style community. Which everyone's emotionally sterile. Yeah, which everyone's emotionally until sterile. Until a snowman comes along and changes <laughs> voiced, everything. Voiced by Patrick doing the exact same voice. <laughs> no way, really. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Call um, me. <laughs> hey Walter, call me. Call me. Yeah, and, and in that they're they're very much all about conformity and like sticking to gender roles. Like the mum is all about like, oh, we don't I don't want other people thinking that we're weird and just saying weird, not even going into detail. Yeah. And talking about how, oh well, every family on this street has a zombie and we don't. How how embarrassing is that? Yeah, the neighbors across the road, the bottoms, because they move across the road, yeah. they have six zombies and I talked to them and I said, Well, we have one and then you find out later she so didn't even talk to them. Yeah. Which was a great little moment. She's like, Timmy, I thought you were on my side. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on with this household, Malloy? Like, what's going on with the dad and the mum? And what's going on with all these people? The mum is Carrie Ann Ross, by the way. Moss. Moss, sorry. Carrie Ann Moss. And the dad is um, uh, uh, Dylan Baker, who's one of those character actors that's that's awesome all the time. Yeah, I'd probably say looking at, like, the whole family to dynamic the mother well she is technically was going to be another mother according to the story mm. and it happens later on is that she really wants to emotionally engage but the dad's just cut himself off completely because mm. i think he's still got in his head the whole oh my dad died from the zombie mm. and i don't want to connect to anything or anybody at all yeah exactly so it's like that whole shut off from society thing like he's the extreme version of everyone else in that whole entire community yeah he's, he's got like, P- ptsd yeah it's kind of yeah. like the you're, one, his one kill was his father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he's kind of like, when you grow up, you get rid of emotions, you don't have any. It's, yeah, it's that, just like that, 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 that whole scene. Yeah, yeah the whole scene, whole scene where um, in about... the car later on with the handgun with the um, handgun drop-off, which is a <laughs> hilarious concept. Like, I know you're only supposed to have one of these when you're 12, but I'm being a little bit Here's more Here's a lenient. revolver. Here's don't a revolver when you're like, don't, don't forget the bullets. bullets. Just the fact, just leave me in the bag. Anyone can grab it. Anyone can touch it. It's just this mm. concept of, well, we're in an apocalyptic scenario, so there's no point worrying about what's going to happen in the future. Just work on the moment and just move it on yeah, from there. Yeah, it's, it's a world where it's like, experiences and and life itself what we hold in our our universe at the moment in in our real world of having experiences in life and emotions and connections don't do that that doesn't matter what matters is living surviving that's all that matters to the dad he's he has post-traumatic stress from his killing his own father there's a great line from the mum where it's like just because you're miserable because you have to kill your father. Does that mean the rest of us have to be yeah. for all eternity? eternity. Yeah. <laughs> He's Something like that. That's is, such a great line. The dad is also very obsessed with funerals. Yeah, because he doesn't want to become a zombie. <laughs> yeah. And how do they, in this universe, do funerals? Because it's like the most expensive thing in the universe. Too. Oh, I love it. They just cut off the head, put it in a box, and just throw it in a hole. Yeah. That's yeah. Basically, there's no even gently putting it down. They're just like, eh, whatever. Throw there it, you go. Yeah. Throw it in. 
and it's very expensive to the point in which it's a major plot point that the dad, the dad is emotionally cut off because he's he's trying to keep up work all the time so that they can afford their 1950s lifestyle but also afford the funerals mm. and there's a bit later where the mom is pregnant throughout the whole movie she's getting more and more pregnant and the dad's oblivious to it because he's, yeah. he's, he's a dickhead asshole dumbo yeah, yeah and then when she announces that she's pregnant he has like the best reaction in the whole movie like it's just such a sensible reaction in this very crazy world yeah, he's like awkward trying to like force a smile and then he says I just don't think on my salary I can afford another funeral the dad is the real crux of this, him and Timmy, because the dad is an emotionally sterile guy, yeah. and Timmy bonds with a zombie. And we watched the behind the scenes, and even the director and the writers said, like, the irony is that in this family, the zombie is the one that's most emotionally alive. Well, he's more emotionally alive than the father. Than the father. Yeah. And that's why Timmy, our main character, starts bonding with the zombie. At the first, he's a dick to the zombie. Well, we should yeah, we I should mention I... first the mum gets a zombie. Oh uh, yeah, she gets a zombie. And the dad's not for it, but then he will be because he likes to torture it with the little remote control buzzer thing. Yeah, it makes him feel a bit more powerful because yeah. he does have an explicit fear of zombies. Yeah, and he electrocutes it with its collar. And that's mm. how the dad gets off on having the zombie around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was like one of the only few times he smiled in the whole film. Whereas during that zapping bit and during the car where he gave the son a revolver. Because I can't really think of any other moment. Well, like, like I said, the awkward smile when he heard that his no, wife was pregnant. No, but no, he smiled at funerals. One. Yeah, so it's funerals, <laughs> electrocuting zombies, and giving his son a handgun. Because he, he, every Sunday they go to funerals because he likes going to them and taking pictures. And they, yeah. ca- they called it a Sunday drive. Yeah, a Sunday drive. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, we never know anyone. And his mum's like, maybe we will this time. Do you like, think that's an analogy between church? Yeah, it's just, their, just it's the their version, of, of, it's their version yeah, yeah. of church. Yeah. 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 Old, it's definitely the, the most Sunday. religious thing in the film, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. There's, a, there's, like, a priest guy there, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, this family is really screwed up, so eventually they get Fido. They don't name him Fido for a little while into the movie. Yeah. The dad's always away. He's at work. He's going out golfing. Like, he doesn't really care about being a dad. So uh, little boy Timmy connects with the Fido by throwing a baseball. That's how. That's such a American way of connecting as well. They threw a football and a baseball together. Now they're friends. They played catch. Well, I assume that's catch. to go and link it with the 1950s motif. Oh, definitely. It's the reason why they did the that's, whole baseball throwing yeah, catch. Because it's your typical like go on for the pitches, yeah. throwing the ball. I mean, doing t- everything with the dad. I mean, to I be think. more explicit the catch failed and then he walked to a park and something happened to the park and they got together. Yeah, they played catch at the park. Yeah, but... And then bullies were being dicks to zombies at the park. Oh, of course, yes, because the ball fell into the bush and he went to get it and the bullies were there, right? The bullies were shooting zombies with BB guns. Yeah. And he was not having that. And then Billy Connolly's uh, zombie saw that the bullies were trying to attack Timmy and he he grabbed one of them and broke their arm. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then that gives the bullies later on in the movie the motivation to really, really go after Timmy. Yeah. Because during all of this, for some reason, you know, Timmy has Fido on a, and without a leash, which is a no-no in this universe. You can't be a kid without a zombie on the leash because they if you're away run from amok. Home, yeah. They could run amok. And he does because Fido walks off 
finds Mrs. Henderson, who's this old cranky bitch that lives across the road who yells at Timmy all the time. Uh, and when I say all the time, I mean once in the movie, and it's indicated that she does it all the time. Yeah. And she he hits him with a walking frame and then breaks his collar and he just eats her arm. Yeah, because yeah. because Fido was trying to get a baseball that was under the park bench she was sitting on and I guess she reacted <laughs> as if he was trying to perv up her skirt or something. Yes, and that's the thing. These zombies are variants of zombies. Like, he's, he's pretty decayed. And, mm. and you have Tammy, who's freshly decaying. And, and they different mobilities between zombies some of them are really slow some of them but they all have personalities like they're clearly mm. sentient on some level yeah the, the collars definitely give them a bit more humanistic qualities yeah i thought that was a really interesting touch because i can't think of like any other zombie film maybe zombie land i think there was a little bit of it in there Shaun of the dead well yeah all right yeah Shaun of the dead in this film and maybe zombie land i'm trying to remember zombie land completely yeah. i feel like there was a little bit in that too but uh, just the concept day of the dead did day of the dead have any yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like I don't remember any other than the, just the straight zombies in Day of the Dead. Bub in Day of the Dead. I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time! Yeah, this movie has a lot of interesting ideas. It's comedic. There's so many funny gags in this. There's a million of them. And, of course, we have to talk about the best gag in the movie because yes. it just randomly happens in the movie. Like, they're at school. or they're on, He's watching the TV. Oh, yeah, he's watching TV, TV in the morning. And it's yeah. like, a, you know, black and white, old-timey. And it's like an old man falling over, like a really fat old grandpa. And a little, and a little girl, like, right up to the camera, off to the side. And she's like, no, grandpa fell and he's getting up. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the zomb- zombie co-people come along and, like, Push him to the ground, yeah. <laughs> collar him up and take him away. It's like a propaganda short film. And they're or like, something. no matter what, if it's a relative, friend, or loved one, make sure to call, you know, yeah, zombie con. And take, him away, like, yeah. take him away. And that was such a great line. The way she delivered it, it's like, it's, 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 like it's a great slightly pl- wooden. The line itself was funny and the visuals was great. And of course, I, I you know, it, it plays on that very well-known old people ad of, um, I can't remember what they're called, like the the life alert. Yeah, the one where, he's, where she's like at the top of the stairs and, she and then she does down. the roll and she's like, oh, I'm old, I can't get up. Yeah, I fell down the, the stairs, stairs and, and I, I can't, can't get, get up. up. <laughs> so it's a play in that yeah. as well. So yeah. that's that comedic effect and that's obviously post-1950s that idea too so it kind of is like a little thing for the audience to enjoy but again like, i still i you, think it's still linked it. yeah and i feel like they probably have been given that message for a lot longer than oh yeah but like that specific reference that specific ad from like 1980s yeah <laughs> it's a nice little touch and it was the best gag because it just came out of nowhere and then went away again yeah exactly they didn't repeat it they didn't drone it to death it was just mm. one joke or it's mm. kind of like there's oh. many jokes like that like the movie doesn't really do the rule of three jokes yeah, here's the thing that I really appreciated about this in terms of the comedy. It was actually smart. Yeah. Like, you could have had this movie. Billy Connolly is not a comedian that I personally love. He's, he's, he's good. I recognize his talent. But I see this. I see what he looks like in the movie. He's doing the physicality really well. He's kind of lumbering. Up. And I'm expecting... Yeah. 
slapstick. That's mm. what I was expecting. Like, you know, when you think it's a zombie comedy movie where he's got a zombie dog butler figure, you're expecting him to... Like, there's a bit early on where he drops a roast and he hits his head on the table. You, I was expecting the whole movie to be that kind of comedy. Like, mm. you know, where he's like... Aah! Yeah, Boing. now that you mentioned that stuff did like, happen and it didn't stick in my head because that's not yeah, what no, the I, I they, honestly they, forgot they, it happened as well. They only did it's it just... once or twice here and there and they didn't really focus on because they had these real highbrow jokes about the societal issues mm. and, and that. And like good zombie tales, you know, from Romero to, to Shaun of the Dead and all this, zombies are used as some kind of allegorical figure for whatever the filmmaker is intending. You know, zombies, mm. if it's a good zombie movie, there's a message in it, not just, zombies are scary, no! Like, yeah, you know, time to run and hide, whatever will we do? Put oh the no, on the they stuff. smell yeah. us. Oh, like, no. oh no, my guts. Like, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. This one has a bunch of those. It's playing on that 1950s aesthetic, obviously. There's a lot of racial allegories there because we don't have any people of color in this movie. No, we don't. Yeah. Not a single yeah. one. And these zombies are kind of treated like how black people were back in the 50s. Because they're the ones with the different skin. Because yeah. it's all decayed. Decayed and, you know, they're, they're segregated and they're treated lower class and servantry yeah, roles and stuff much like slaves. that. slaves. Yeah, they don't get paid. You know, and, you know, stuff like that is very strongly done in the movie but without beating you on the head with it there's no point where like you know in another movie you could see the zombie would try and like i don't know go to a, a drinking fountain they're like no that's not for you that one over there is and it's like the sewer or something like you know yeah. what i mean like they don't have anything as like ham-fisted in this yeah so the plot really kicks off when uh, Mrs. Henderson gets murdered mm, yeah. and she's left in the park and the bloody baseball is still there. That's kind of the indicator to link Timmy and, and, and Fido to the crime and the eventual zombie uprising that happens. But I did like when you saw that and you're like, oh no, there's going to be a whole thing that the town's going to get all taken over by zombies and, and the dad's going to get turned into a zombie. This person's going to get killed because zombie, zombie, zombie. It has a small zombie uprising for, like, one night, and then it's taken care of because they're just so efficient at solving this problem. And I kind of really appreciated that because you see other movies of zombie varieties, and they're like, yes, or, or Walking Dead or any of these shows are like, yes, we've secured ourselves so well from zombie attacks, and then zombies one, attack, yeah, yeah. and then they're all one, fucked. It's yeah. like one mistake is fatal. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that police officer in the park where he just wasn't paying attention. He got bit. I'm pretty sure that was like the only police officer other than the one that the um the children shot in the leg. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the only police officer that got injured and the guys in the car were just like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, really, until... how do you get killed by these guys? And yeah, this guy's until in the face. much later in the movie when... um when... Yeah, the full outbreak. But even then, that outbreak was contained it, in like two, three contained. days. It gets like, contained. It, it's yeah. barely even a big deal at this point. They're just yeah, like, well, and, there's and 100 they, people and, died, maybe. And they and just then... wipe it away in a single yeah. TV ad spot, basically. Like, now, buy this product. Like, it just moves on. But that's kind of something that's awesome about this, too. It's like they're actually contained. Mm. Like in another movie, like Walking Dead, that's Walking Dead all the time. Rick goes to a location that he thinks is safe, then finds out the people there are crazy. And then zombies come along and take care of those people for him. He moves on to the next place. Oh no, these people are secure, but they're crazy. And then zombies <laughs> attack him. And that's like literally how Walking Dead just works all the time. So Bartek... Mrs. Henderson's left in the park. She yeah. eventually comes back from the dead. Tell us what happens from there. Like, all the chaos that ensues and, like, all the plot 
things well, that kind her, of domino effects. The, the fact that she's missing is noted by some people, if I recall correctly. Like her husband, yeah. Yeah, her husband. Um, and she... I, I think a, a, a man walking a dog that did not annoy Ryan walked <laughs> by her body... Um, and he was unfortunately taken care of by Mrs. Henderson. The, the man, not the dog. The zombies don't eat animals. Yeah, I was this. surprised by that. I can't mm. think of many zombie films where they just don't eat any animals. Yeah, mm. even in Shaun of the Dead, one yeah, they, they eat a pigeon. Up, yeah, they just straight up will eat animals, and in this they're just like, eh, no yeah. point. And, and, that, and that character, the dog walker, who always walks the dog still while the zombie does appear a few other <laughs> yeah. times through the film, like terrorizing people, but he eventually gets taken out. Um, but one of the immediate consequences to Mrs. Henderson being killed by Fido is that our main character, Timmy, has to take uh, his zombie, who I think he names Fido in this scene I'm describing, yeah. to his father's garage to, like, you know, clean Wash him, him down. down yeah. um, oh, sorry. On the way there, he runs into the little girl. What was the, her name? Little Bottom. <laughs> little Bottom, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she she explains to him like you have to walk around with a leash, and she like and she helps cover it up from because she could clearly tell. Yeah, she's clearly not into her dad's whole company business and stuff she, like that. Yeah, she's against it all. Like I said, rebel without much of a cause, and she yeah she wraps around her jump rope around the <laughs> neck and be like, look, he's leashed, it's fine. Yeah, um, and then she goes to ballet, but she quickly whispers, "I hate ballet." Yeah. Uh, then then they get taken to the garage. She cleans it down. The mum comes in, and she's yeah, all Karen upset Moss. about that. Yeah, but she's also, this is the tipping off point as well, where her character's going to change because she does the goo goo eyes mm. at Billy Connolly's half naked body mm. as a zombie. Yeah. I honestly didn't even notice that, to be oh, fair. Oh, you, you weren't watching she, hard she wa- enough. I, pr- I clearly wasn't. But. From that, that point onward, she was like slightly warming up to him every time. And they, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were playing like romantic sounding music yeah i kept saying throughout the movie she wants to fuck this zombie that and thought was in the back of my mind yeah ends with the possibility that, that could happen in the future but they don't actually go full hog on that which is good because mm. he is very decayed <laughs> it, it, near the end of the film mr theopolis actually kisses his uh tammy his yeah i was so zombie. expecting that to be an after credit scene i don't know why i was just expecting it it's <laughs> like they're gonna run theopolis that or... yeah, yeah. yeah no the zombie and the other love yeah. between the two yeah. we all, i was just thinking like this will probably be an end of the mm. scene we also get introduced to the idea that Fido died of a heart attack. Yeah, which is yeah. why I was so sure that that was the grandpa. I was so yeah. sure for like nearly the whole entire the, film. The grandfather that got killed by the dad died of a heart attack, and they make a big deal about it. But I think it's just to fuel the father's antagonistic relationship towards Fido. Like yeah. It reminds him more of his father, more and more. Because they have the dinner scene in which... He raises the kid raises yeah. it's like just like granddad and then the father has like a PSD like flashback and he just yeah. freaks out and leaves. Yeah. And you know, that I think that's what it was there for. I think sometimes when we watch a bunch of movies, we expect everything that seems like a setup to be a pay have a payoff or whatever. Yeah, but it's, sometimes it's kinda like a golden rule for most of these films is like they only mm. include something for it to lead to something. But this yeah. did lead to something. It's just more of a thematic thing than yeah. a plot thing. Yeah, like, it's like more it's a, a more of a thematic It's something point to remind than... someone of something. Yeah, else. more of a conceptual idea yeah. of what this actually and represents. That's what makes than... it great yeah. in terms of this film's got subtlety and nuances to it like you didn't have the moment where where you know the dad's sitting on the bed and the wife's like why do you hate Fido and he goes cause and he opens up the photo album and it's actually Billy Connolly's his dad and he's like cause he is my dad and the music's like womp 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 and then Timmy's listening through the doorway and he's like great 
dad. And then <laughs> and then he treats him like his granddad. Like, no, we don't have that. Yeah, I was expecting it. I was waiting for it to happen the whole entire film. Like, oh, it's, I not, just it's think not doing it. I knew okay. it wouldn't work because of Billy Connolly, like how yeah. old. He just didn't seem like the lineup because the dad killed him when he was 11 years old, the dad. And yeah. But I think dad's like the zombies in his wouldn't, mid-30s Yeah, now. but the zombie wouldn't age like they that. They decay more and more as time goes on. Like you yeah, but I wouldn't say it that right. I, I, I say you would because watch the movie. Tammy, throughout the movie, starts to get l- less and less color. Like, when we first see her, she looks like she's a human. Yeah, she's described But by the end as... of the movie, she's going slightly gray. And the movie takes place over a, a year or two because yeah. there's a baby at the end of it. Yeah, the last scene's set clearly after the pregnancy period. Yeah, yeah over, but... and we have a bit of time before the pregnancy period even begins. So that's why I say maybe a year and a bit. Mm. So we, yeah. you know, that's one of the things yeah. I like about this. And, de- movie. and definitely with Tammy, it's something that we can see because we are told that um, Mr. she had the collar put on her like as she was dying. Yeah, at much. the moment she fell over. Essentially, they put it on straight yeah, away. Yeah, Mister the Officer's uh, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, after that, you know, the collar keeps fucking up for a little bit. Like he's outside. They chained him outside like a dog. Yeah, and uh, he reacts to the thunder. Uh, because the thunder fucks with his collar because the collar malfunctions and Mr. Theopolis comes along and is like, ah, I'll fix this because then you find out he used to work for Zomco, the zombie company, and uh, he got fired a little, eventually later because he has zombie girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, with the end scene, I thought he was the guy they set up for the reason that the whole thing happened. No, no, they just set up the guard Frank. <laughs> oh, so the guard Frank that died that, at the end that they yeah, blamed yeah. for... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the other guy. There's, okay, there's a random... Sense. It has lots of gags like that. Like, whenever anything goes wrong, they blame the people who got brutally murdered yeah. in the story. Like, like later mm. on, these two bully kids get murdered horribly, and they blame them in the media for killing Mrs. Henderson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, 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 this world will not care if you died, her- like, in vain or heroically or accidentally. Like, they'll blame you for when a h- horrific mm. events happen. Zomcon chief John Bottoms died valiantly while defending the people of Willard from a wild zombie outbreak caused by this man, Frank Murphy, a once trusted Zomcon security guard who was caught accepting bribes from a renegade group of wild zombie poachers. Um, Billy Connolly is fighter. Yes. Yeah. Are you familiar with his comedic works, his stand-up, his movies? I've definitely seen him in a few things. Yeah, definitely a few things. Enough that yeah. I, his yeah. voice is iconic enough for me. Right, right. Now, usually in a movie like this, Billy Connolly is, you know, a fairly big name to have in a movie mm. like this. Did you expect him to talk at any point? Well, here's the thing. Throughout the whole entire film, I completely forgot who he was. Yeah. yeah. Because he'd never played to any real characteristics yeah. or stereotypical actions that he's done from his comedy acts and stuff. Yeah. Like the voices. He has or short the... hair in this. He doesn't have a goatee or beard, which mm. is something he usually yeah. like When The first thing we saw when we clicked on the behind the scenes was him talking, and uh, that, I noticed that very obviously drove home to Malloy, like, this was Billy Connolly. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's who it was. Like, because <laughs> in my head, I just completely Yeah, he forgot. completely disappears. But did you expect him to eventually be able to talk? With the fact that, you know, like... And this is drawing from the fact simply that a zombie threw the milk because he saw mm. a zombie throw a newspaper. It gave me this idea that the zombies can learn. And even Billy Connolly learns to, like, not harm Timmy when, when the, the collar yeah. malfunctions. And yeah. not harm the mum or other people. Yeah so, yeah, so the possibility was there in my head that, okay, maybe there's going to be, like, an end point of his, like, learning and development. Yeah, maybe he, would, he will utter some words. I maybe. reckon his first word would be, Timmy! 
You mean kind of like how he would teach the other zombies not to bite type thing? Yeah. And that would be like the Could end be. lesson, so there's yeah. actually a follow-up type thing. It's like what show. It's like what was his end point going to be? Maybe he was going to say something. Because yeah. this movie doesn't have Billy Connolly talk. He just goes, oh, and all yeah. that. Yeah, the zombies all just grunt. Yeah. We never even get to find out who he was in his like when he was alive. Yeah, all we I ever learned... expected to find out. Like, you know, you That's expect these things in movies where you get answers to everything, but this movie's like, we don't need that. You don't need it. And all I agree, you, know, you don't need it. All you know is he had a heart attack. That's all you know and yeah. you like smoking again with oh, that, that's right yeah again with that lack of information that was one of the main reasons i thought it was the grandpa but hiring him for this job it's kind of like who's the guy that does groot in gardens of the galaxy vin diesel vin yeah diesel. it's kind of like hiring vin diesel for groot is hiring him to be the zombie yeah it's, it's, it's like it's more the name but he doesn't really well he does more no, than he, groot. no he, he brings, definitely does he brings a, a lot to this role like he yeah, does like a great physicality there is physical characteristics he yeah. does he does also a really great job of slow progression towards being a more human character throughout mm. the journey of the movie like billy Connolly does a really great job of physically embodying the fact that he is changing as yeah. a character it's just very a little, well it's just yeah, a where little he just sur- stands there and gives that sexy face yeah like, mm. it's it's just a little surprising that it, you know it's the outrageous guy that made a documentary about the f word yeah like it. usually in a movie yeah. like this you get one of those actors who does the physical makeup stuff a lot like doug jones or mm. ray park yeah, or, or you, someone like that you know like or you get someone who's like b grade who doesn't require require as much to pay to get on the set because oh. they're not bringing them in for the name. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I yeah, I understand what you're saying. Someone, like, someone as, who's not big but is a good physical actor. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like movie, more of a stunt person Now, this thing, movie, yeah. just to clarify, this movie does have some really well-known actors in it. Carrie Ann Moss, Billy Connolly, Tim Blake Nelson is Mr. Theopolis, who a lot of people know Tim Blake Nelson without knowing it. Like, he's in the Coen Brothers movie. That was your immediate reaction. Like, I know this guy. I love him. Uh, yeah. He was recently in the Coen Brothers movie that's on Netflix, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He played yeah. Buster Scruggs. And in that movie, he's an expert marksman. In this movie, they make a joke that he cannot shoot the shit. Oh, I thought it was so funny. And he's like... one of those guys that's just in a in a shit ton of things. Like, he's a great character. And the same with uh, the father, Dylan, Dylan Baker. He's one of those guys that you've seen him. You've seen him. I've seen him, And he's always a different variant. Like, he's... One of the movies I love him in is called Happy, where he plays, like, a a pedophile, basically. And people ask him, like, weren't you afraid that that movie would ruin, like, your career on a level? And he goes, nope. It was just another job. Like, and he's... He never really played... Like, he just plays varying roles. And in this, he was my favourite. The dad, Dylan Baker. Yeah, yeah, he he was pretty good. He he played like that straightish kind of character really well. Yeah, yeah, he was that emotionally stunted character. Yeah, very, yeah. very well. Like like his face, like he had the he has these beady little eyes and like this kind of baby fat face. Like he's got a chubby baby face and like these teeth, these big white bright <laughs> teeth, and that's hard to combat against when Tim Blake Nelson also has big white teeth, and he's literally got a cigar, a cigarette holder in his mouth all the time, so he's always got that like shark-like grin, but the dad in this, he is so good, like he has so many great one-liners that are just so like, off off the cuff, like, this guy is not a comedic actor, like, like like, Billy Connolly is a comedic actor so that's why I think it's good they took the dialogue away from him, because when you see comedic actors sometimes sometimes they play it up for the comedy too much and sometimes that ruins it like yeah. for me in this movie they get dramatic actors like Carrie Ann Moss she's in the Matrix she's in Memento no one thinks of her as oh you know comedy actress Carrie Ann Moss 50's like his mum yeah she gives some of the best she gives some great one-liners in this as well and it's because they play it dramatically 
Like the father plays it like he actually has PTSD. Yeah. But he also isn't afraid to kind of play up some of the comedic aspects, but it still feels like it's a nuanced character. Like you could feel like these characters exist. Unlike a Will Ferrell comedy movie where you're like, that's just Will Ferrell as a race car driver. Yeah. This isn't a character. This is just it's just Will Ferrell and John C. Riley improvising for multiple scenes in a row and they just stitched it together in the editing room. Yeah, like, in none of the characters in this film, I would look at and go, like, well, that's not the character, this is da-da-da actor. It's not like you have the thing where Will Smith in the new Aladdin <laughs> film, where you just go, like, well, there's Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. I you, mean, it's what not are like... We, some kind of Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he acts like himself in pretty much everything. It's None of that is in this shot, where it's kind of yeah. like, you see the actor, you just see the character in all Yeah, you stuff. could have, like, Billy Connolly's been guilty of that in previous movies, where he's, like, the man who sued God and stuff, where he's just basically playing Billy Connolly in a movie. Like, you could have had him in this movie say the word fuck at some point, like, in his, oh, fuck! And then you're like, ah, it's Billy Connolly. (laughs) But this movie actually has artistic merit. Yeah, and basically the rest of the movie really follows along the plot lines of the dad still not changing while the rest of the family changes because Fido is just so charming Mm. in his thing. And the neighbor, the head of the zombie company, figuring out that Timmy and Fido are behind that zombie uprising and kind of getting that shit sorted. Could I ask you a question, Ryan? You may. Do the bullies change? The bullies change a lot because they decide that they're up for murdering now (laughs) because they take Timmy and Fido by gunpoint and tie them to trees and then they untie, like, break their collar on Fido so that they could shoot Fido in the head to then justify that he tried to attack. Yeah. But they're too dumb the one with the gun is too afraid, and then when he does shoot, Fido shoots him in the chest, and it goes through him and kills the other brother, which was great. Yeah, it went through Fido's right chest and through the, the kid's heart. And know. then it was a great little comedy moment. Yeah, and, and I, like, I, I it really was, it was, was very, genuinely surprised by that. Yeah. I was like, what? It was, very, it, was such, it was very quick. It was very quick, too, because like, the moment you saw that the other one had been shot... The, the the one that did the shooting is like, you stupid zombie, you made me kill my brother. Yeah, that was so funny. That's like the least caring form of any... Like, he didn't cry, he wasn't yeah. upset, he wasn't well, angry. And, and like, we as an audience oh, didn't really gee. get a chance to react you to made them. Me like, kill oh, my brother. Dead. But it makes sense because he didn't like him. Yeah. Brother. He was always telling him to shut up, you fucking fat idiot. Like, yeah, I know. Always, but, yeah. but it made sense that even more so that he would react like that. Not even just because mm. of that's how society works, but also just the dynamics it's, between yeah, them. I'm just saying the timing was a bit weird. But yeah. I think it worked. But it was it worked, but it was. Then here's the thing too. It's unusual because a kid died in a movie. Mm. Like you yeah, don't but not get, just like you, don't, you just don't get peacefully that. or accidentally. No, no, or no, off no that's screen. what I'm saying. He's just like straight up just murdered. He it. just straight up murdered, and then Fido's like, I've had enough of this, and chases the other kid into like a little like the nearby shack, shack, yeah. and eats him. We hear it, and then you were cheering. I love <laughs> it when kids get murdered brutally in movies because you don't get that so often, like. Mm. There are so many movies that pussy out on yeah. killing kids when the movie's universal atmosphere indicates that that would happen, but then they don't do it. Like, I yeah. think one of the examples recently was in the newest Halloween movie. He doesn't oh, really? kill any kids. Okay. Yet, why wouldn't he? He kills everything and everyone. Like, there's literally a scene in a movie where he, he, he grabs a knife and he's left alone in this house. He kills the babysitter, and then he's standing over the baby, and then he walks away and leaves. It's like, no, Michael would fucking stab that baby. I guess like, the... don't pussy out. Yeah. You're a horror movie. This is a horror comedy. This movie, 
I'm surprised it even went that far. Yeah. This movie <laughs> the, this is, yeah. like, has got the, more guts and teeth than Halloween. Yeah. Jeez. The negotiation, though, was that we saw it from Timmy's perspective, so we didn't see what happened inside the shack. No, but yeah. they still did it. They and then he it. came back as a zombie, the little kid. Yeah. They weren't afraid of doing that. They weren't afraid of doing that. Yeah, but Fido, he wasn't able to untie Timmy. No, it was too complicated. So we had to be trusted to walk all the way back home to get the mum to drive up there mm. and solve that problem. And that he was wearing to... a jacket that covered his neck too. Yeah, so you can see it was the good. Light. There's a great bit in that whole sequence in which the mum is like, um, when she eventually drives up there and she is just so nonchalantly watching Fido grab like the zombie kids and like throwing <laughs> Throw them out into the bush. Like he grabs like the fat one that got shot and just like grabs him and just like throws him into like a bush. That's also like a mini, like, uh, uh, like a little mini pit hole, I guess. Cause he falls pretty far. And the mom just nonchalantly in a 1950s outfit with a little, little handgun walks over and unloads the whole, yeah, the whole clip. Yes, and I'm just right. like, what? Like when all seven boy, bullets just yeah. light in. I'm just like, holy crap. Why? Cause she's making sure. That was a little badass scene. And then, no, but then what Malloy and I really loved was just how nonchalantly she is just pouring petrol onto yeah, the shack with a little dead boy. Yeah, nobody cared they committed crimes at all. And then like, all children. they were just like, ah, it's a crime. They're their children. Who cares? Just and put just some petrol and let it. And burn. she has, like, some really poignant line about how, you know, something about, like, we're not supposed to be doing stuff like this. Then it cuts to, like, the huge shack on fire. And they're just standing there and they're all holding hands looking happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's never do this again, Timmy. They were zombies and they were going to kill you. I know, Mom. I did what I had to do. I know. And I don't want you thinking that what we did is normal or okay in any way. I don't. Yeah, and meanwhile, Mr. Bottom is... And the thing about Mr. Bottom is the name is never played for comedy. Yeah, it's it is just his name. So when I'm saying it, I am playing it for comedy. But just to let you guys know, it's never played like they call him Mr. Bottom. They just call him Mr. Bottom. Yeah, it's like, like ne- it's just a name he has. It's like Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter. They don't play mm, it up. They do play that for comedy. Yeah, they they, they? kind of like, well, he's the goofball. Yeah, he's a goofball. Like, they never directly say that word, but they act and, like and, he is And that. please, please, when you hear Alan Rickman say in that drawl voice of his, Longbottom, <laughs> do you see... Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. in this movie, it's never done like that. It's, I just say it because it is amusing. Yeah. But um, he's just basically like, well, found the baseball. Timmy did it. And just takes Fido. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the fact there's no more evidence required than that. It's I mean, just like, do you there's need blood on... anymore? Well, couldn't Timmy just movie... say he lost his ball? No, because early in the movie, he saw Fido with the blood on his face. So... Uh, the t- knows. Oh yeah, his excuse yeah. was that like, oh, I had a nosebleed and I wiped it on my slave here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't believe it then either. Yeah. So. yeah. And basically, there's just this bit where Fido gets taken away for a while, and we're left with the family dynamic again. And it's an interesting way of playing on on that kind of stuff because during all of this, you know, the wife's really bonding with Fido, the mum. She even dances with him to aggravate the dad, and the dad has a great moment of power play where he just electrocutes Fido and he's like, I'm going to sleep now, and just walks <laughs> off. You know, Fido gets taken away by the evil government people, and they're kind of reprimanded, like, we won't throw you out of here, but just never do it again. So, of course, Timmy's like, let's do it again. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, let's get Fido back. Yeah. Like, time passes, the little bottom girl 
<laughs> little bottom, little bottom girl. Um, she tells him that Fido's alive, which is good because they with don't rock, waste with, they don't waste him with a rock and paper. And also, yeah, we eventually have the scene where the mum tells Timmy, like, oh, you know, your dad, he's just afraid to show his love. And then it leads to the great scene we already talked about where he gives him the gun. Did that yeah. gun get used for anything? No. Oh, no, because he picked up the shotgun instead. No, um, it wasn't. No, that gun doesn't get used. Okay. so it was I just think a it's more just the yeah. bonding implication of <laughs> this is the only few times he's happy is when he goes like, I'm happy, don't have emotions, here's a gun. Yeah, here's a gun, yeah. never have emotions. Never have emotions, this like, is me smiling. Like me. <laughs> yeah. While I'm smiling, while he's smiling. It's just that, because there is a point later where Timmy goes into the Wildlands, and I'm like, yeah. well, at least he has a gun. And there's a great bit of, there's so many great lines of dialogue that just really build on the world, and characters like, like, um, the wife of Bottom is like, you know, our daughter, she never gets to make any friends because we move around all the time, and all that. And it's like, really? Because... My husband, you know, he's lived in, um, what was the town again? Willard. Willard. His whole life, and he hasn't got any friends. And, it's, <laughs> and that's the way he likes it. Like, you know, and again, yeah. that builds into the terms of he doesn't want to make connections with people. But it also builds into that 1950s aesthetic of, like, you have to have that life, the nuclear family, yeah. where the husband's the provider, the wife's at home waiting with the martini with the olives in it, and, yeah. and, and you know, you have oh, to yeah, have... Oh, yeah, there was that line, it was like, a martini with three olives, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, exactly, and you have to have the home-cooked roast and the good little boy named Timmy, and, you know, like, all this stuff. So even though he doesn't want these emotional connections, he still, because of society, especially in the 1950s society, has to abide by that system because that's what you do and I really like that kind of commentary on that too like you know especially that 1950s Americanist thing of you are forced via society into roles that you probably wouldn't want because he definitely doesn't want it yeah he doesn't want anyone you would rather be alone playing golf a three olive martini what did I do to deserve this <laughs> we all Eventually lead up to the climax, I would say. Yeah, where he, they go asks to Theopolis the, to get him to the, the company. Yeah, and him, Theopolis, and Tammy go, and they have a great plan, wasn't it, Malloy, to get in? Oh, yeah, the whole concept of how do we get in? I know, we'll take the collar off one of the zombies, let 20 to 30 people die, and then we'll just walk through. I mean, this is, again, this is Timmy's concept of, well, this is what I want. So, however many people need to die, we'll just let them die. And it matches and the, then we'll Theopolis just... as well, because he's like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, he took off the collar and he was like, zombie alert, zombie alert, and everyone freaked out. There's, of course, the great gag that we've mentioned, Frank the guard, before, when they go up to the gate and Frank the guard is there, and he's just like, all right, get on in there. And he's always there, and then, you know, he plays a role later in the movie yeah. a couple of times before the movie ends. But I just want to mention Frank the guard properly. Yeah, like, he, yeah. he guards the door, like, the entry. Um... Yeah, they go to the zombie thing because you find out that the zombie cove building because Fido's in the basement working on machinery and stuff. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the plan is just to uncollar a random zombie yeah. in line and it eats a bunch of people. Yeah, I don't know. In my head, I was thinking like, okay, so they're probably going to sneak through something or they're going to cause like a fake alarm and get people to pay. But no, they just straight up just like, oh, just take the collar yeah. off and let and, them And the people. guy behind the counter is kind of onto them and like aiming the gun, but then he accidentally shoots Tammy like just off the top of the head yeah. like like on the scalp line so it doesn't get her brain fully so she's not killed yeah which i i actually went, oh! 
Yeah, but then yeah. she was fine, and I'm like, okay, phew. But Theopolis phew. was still very pissed at that close call, so he, like, physically went to fight the guy. Yeah. I mean, I felt for Theopolis. He oh, seemed yeah. like, even though he's a sexy, weird pervert man <laughs> who chained up his girl and fucked her each night and kissed her dead, de- de- uh, decompositioned mouth. Yeah, that's what he did right before he <laughs> yeah. took off the collar and yelled, I do love, below. like, the I disgusted like face of the lady behind her. <laughs> yes. as she She's like... Oh, <laughs> but yeah, another touch I liked was the zombie in front of them kind of looked around like, uh, like, like what's going on here? Uh, like, um, lots of stuff like that. But yeah, Timmy gets behind the scenes freeze fighter, but gets taken by Mr. Bottom outside and he throws him out the gate, a gated area, which is nice. Like you are rejected from this society. You are literally thrown out of the gated community. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Although I do find it funny. It's one of the least intimidating gates or fences I've ever seen in my it's life. Sim- it's just literally just like fence. a little bit of wire and some hooks. Because when you get kicked out, couldn't you just climb back? Nah, it was barbed wire. Yeah, but you can get over barbed wire. But it was the razor-sharp, like, curly ones. People get over that stuff all the time. Yeah, but I think the guards with guns... Are... But you can go in anywhere else around the thing. And it's not like the zombies fight. It's weird. It's kind of like... That was the only like... time we saw the gate. So it's kind of I mean, hard to theorise what the rest of it all is guarded. Well, you think like... it's like a giant concrete Great Wall this... of China the rest no, of the no, way no. through? No, no, no. It's still that kind of just... fence. But I think it's the fact that the town is also run by basically a militia. Um, I think that yeah, it's stops by a you company that's from right just there. breaking in yeah um timmy gets locked outside but the dad decides when he eventually gets to him and the mum just drive through and frank's like oh no they've driven through there's a whole back and forth between the dad and the mum. Mm. isn't that right Bartek? because the dad decides he needs to step up and be a hero and the mum's like don't you're not <laughs> <laughs> you know and he isn't He's fucking pathetic. Yeah, no, it was it was weird. It was kind of like at the very end, he had the opportunity to shoot the guy, and instead he charged at him because he's too much of a coward. Yeah, no. But he gets the guy away from the gate, and that actually helps Timmy because you know the guy didn't take the key out of the gate. Because he was doing it as a bluff tactic. Possibly, yeah. No, I think definitely. I think he was playing it out to see how Timmy would feel about this because I think Mm. he was going to let him back in because he did have the key still in. Yeah. He didn't just close, like lock it and walk off. Yeah, again, another situation where I think the guy in charge isn't actually a bad guy. No, he's a hero in that universe. He has like killed yeah. five hundred people, five hundred zombies, and he helps Timmy up in the second scene where, like, yeah. after the bullies messed with yeah, him. Yeah, and, and, and at like the end, good... he was where the guy got found out, where the zombie got found yeah. out for killing him. He didn't pull them all out or anything. Well, it's yeah. like the shape of water on a level, and the shape of the water. The bad guy in that movie would be the hero if it was the movie about the creature being evil. Yeah, mm. and that's him in this movie, like. The zombies are evil, so in him, in that world, he is a legendary hero. And Timmy did a bad thing and got people murdered. But since we are from the perspective of Timmy, he yeah. is the bad guy because yeah. he is trying to hurt Timmy and ruin the dynamic of Timmy's family. I guess, sim- yeah, in, like a lawful kind of. But know, if yeah. you remove that perspective of our mate that we've followed, he is a good guy. Yeah. Like he is the hero of this story. But like he was super terms, lenient with the child. Yeah, he like was... when he left him out there, he was doing it in that very 1950s. Uh, like if you yeah, smoke a love. cigarette here, yeah, smoke tough love concept, like a yeah. tough love. Like he was giving him a little lecture while he was out there. Like, see, they don't have any compassion for you. They'll eat your flesh. How do you? about that Timmy like you know like he was giving him the very tough stern yeah. punishment that yeah. his father wasn't giving because his father is too emotionally weak and yeah. he didn't have the key 
No, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, yeah. But um, the dad storms, charges the guy, and just kind of gets shot to death. Yeah. By the well, guy. Well, they have a big like wrestle back and forth, but eventually, yeah. He gets shot in the heart. One of them has a handgun, and it flies into his heart. And the dad dies. Yeah. But don't worry, Timmy, like you said, comes through the gate, but does he lock the gate behind him? <laughs> no, but he closes it. I don't think ma- we really do that. I think it just kind of No, 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 because the there was like a whole minute of us being like, he didn't lock the gate, but they're not coming through. And then eventually the gate opens and Ryan's like, oh, it wasn't locked. Yeah, but Fido, he steps up as a hero because Timmy does a nice thing, which is um, he sees the dad's dead. He, he turns the he removes the collar and goes go get him boy because there's so many lines of dialogue where he responds to Fido's existence as he's a as he is a dog yeah like, and there's and there's also the thing of uh, when Fido was calling for help with the mum it was essentially a play on like the Timmy stuck down a well yeah yeah lead me to the well yeah 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 oh oh Timmy what and um what does Fido do to Mister Bottom he bites him on the neck yeah and so that means and it was lethal enough to kill him. Yeah, yes, because it's a jugular, so yeah. that's a death death blow right there. And um, just madness ensues. <laughs> yeah, there's a zombie outbreak. Cause, just yeah. at the base, though. Yeah, at the base, and people die, but the zombies get taken care of, because as you said, they're, they're really on top of things. But one of the best gags, too, is when they're driving out, Miss Theopolis gets them in the car, the dad's dead, but they've taken his body as well with them. Um, so that they can have a funeral later, because it's what he would have wanted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's what he always wanted. Uh, Theopolis drives along, and they drive out, and then he stops. He goes, see ya, Frank! And Frank's a zombie, ripping into <laughs> another guy, and he's just like, Wah! and he's like, hey, that's classic Frank, and just keeps <laughs> driving. <laughs> and they just go back to their normal lives, like... Yeah, it cuts to the funeral, then it cuts to, you know, babies already born. And and like we said, the yeah. newsreel is like, this evil man Frank did it. He teamed up with these yeah, zombie so bounty funny. hunters, and it was his fault. That and it took out our hero. Took out Bottoms. our hero, and Bottom comes back. He's a zombie, and the daughter treats him like a pet. And she's they're like, what do you call him? He's like, I don't know. At the moment, I'm just calling him daddy. Like, mm. she really just treats him like shit. Yeah. yeah. And the wife doesn't care. There's a great bit with the wife of Bottom where she, where Bottom's like, if, you know, it doesn't matter if they're family, you have to kill them. Like, you know, Betsy here, if she turns, I'm going to remove her head straight away. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. he says this all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and everything about this, uh, let's talk about the ending and resolution of this. Because the resolution is basically Fido looks at a small baby and shows affection towards it. Yeah, like rubs the cheek. And yeah. goes, and credits. Yeah. Very awkward ending, but a very necessary <laughs> ending, I would say. Hmm. But the thing that we talked about after it was done was it was so unique that this movie, all these events happened and it didn't change the world. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty much a story in the moment of time when nothing happened massive before. Nothing, well, I mean, set setup. Yeah, but I mean, nothing happened directly before, nothing happened directly after. Like, and it's essentially the same place in the same world. It just yeah. continued on. Yeah, it's not like they changed the status quo of the world. They changed the status quo of their family unit and their dynamic with the neighbor, Mr. Theopolis. Yeah. Fido learned love, and now he's human again. But it's not like 
There was this movie about zombie love called Warm Bodies. Do you remember this? I've heard of it, yeah. It was a zombie rom romance movie where the plot was a zombie boy played by Nicholas Holt falls in love with a human girl and we're hearing it from his perspective of internal thoughts, right? Yeah. And throughout the movie, they find out that if zombies zombies can fall in love, they their hearts start beating again and they become more human. <laughs> oh, okay. That's literally the plot. This isn't as stupid as I thought that. Like, that doesn't, like, just because a zombie learns something doesn't mean the rest of them and everything changed. Like, we didn't have that bit where Fido's speaking to the zombies, like, don't eat humans. And they're like, okay, master. Like, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, zombies are still a problem. The corporation's still in charge and still ruling this universe with an iron fist. And everyone's still stuck in their 1950s gated community. Yeah. But our main it- heroes have learned a lesson. Uh- we well i think it's time to kind of talk about what year we thought this movie came out because Mm. the thing is you know i know the answer but i thought it'd be we always think it's fun to kind of estimate what year we thought this came out yeah bartek when watching this and after watching this when, when did you think this fido came out uh just a blind you know throw a dart guess i was thinking 2006 Hmm. Malloy? Wow, okay, that's really freaky. I was actually thinking, because my original thought was 2002, Mm. but then I was thinking some of the other effects were a little bit like the artistry and the makeup was a little bit more complicated than that. So I probably will go around 2004. I was literally thinking 2006, but I can't take the same I'm thinking maybe I might have overshot it. Yeah, I might go 2004 then. When I was watching it, I was thinking about Carrie Ann Moss, how she appeared in this. She didn't have short hair, so it must have been after The Matrix. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, after 1998? Oh, okay. No, no, remember the three Matrix movies. Oh, after all of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because think about but it. But did she just cut her hair and grow it again? No, but The Matrix, you know what I mean? Like, so th- this is my thought process. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So she has longer hair, which is actually quite unusual for her because then you think of things in Memento, she has short hair. Like, you know, so I'm thinking. Okay, this must be after that, like, early 2000s period, mid-2000s, and I guess, like, 2006 as well. And in the end, the movie came out in 2006. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, let's go. Yeah, cool. So that was a good thing. Now, One thing that also kind of struck me was we found out Timmy's actor's name at one point. Is Kassan... Ray. Yeah, it's like... Kassan Ray? K-apostrophe-S-U-N, and then his last name was Ray. Yeah, Which is well, a wasn't there something name. where his stage name is pretty much identical to his real name? No, 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 just no, replace the apostrophe with an E. That's his real name, the E. Kesson. Kesson. Why do they do uh, that? And he's in, led an interesting yeah. life. And, and yeah, Rachel, your fiancé, found that out for us, and she mentioned he's our age. So I'm like, okay, so he's he looks like what we would have looked like at whatever age. So that was kind of my thought. Um, Would we recommend this movie to watch? I think it was a pretty good film. I would definitely recommend it. It's a very good horror comedy like mix. Yeah, I would recommend it too. It had um, really no flaws for me, other than um, maybe it could have quickened up the pace That's exactly here what and I there. Yeah. Like there were maybe one or two scenes that were just like, "Here's a scene." But I can't really fault those things because they did add two things. They weren't just there for no reason, like some movies today, where it's like. Here's a scene, but like the, the scenes that maybe one or two things could have been trimmed, but mm. it is a pretty short movie. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes yeah. in its runtime anyway. Were, but... There were times where I thought like, oh, it's been a while since I had a, like a decent laugh. Like, well, let's 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 have something else. But, but uh, yeah, I would fine. recommend it. It's a movie. Yeah. Uh, Malloy? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious. Is this based off a book? No, because it's an it's... original story by... Yeah, because the flow and the way that it's been set up really felt like it was based on a book. Like, there were certain scenes <laughs> where, like, there was just shots of just zombies walking, and I think that's why you yeah. had that pacing problem. Mm. It was just kind of like... He's walking slowly, getting a zombie. Oh, okay, he's still walking. Well, okay, yeah. They he's needed still doing... to let you know zombies exist. Yeah, but and they do that by the multiple shots of zombies walking slowly, which is why I kind of thought it was probably based on a book or something because of the way the pacing was. Well, set like up. A, a YA book. <laughs> yeah, like one of those kind of like teen books. They're like yeah. they're kind of books, but they're shortened down to a point where they're basically script. But yeah, I definitely would recommend watching this film. Yeah. Man. Other than the fact that it just seemed like a couple of scenes were a little bit long. But again, mm. it's weird. It felt long, but I can't think of anything that would cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly like, right. Like, I think it's just one of these things of... Maybe it's also a first-time viewing thing as well. Like, maybe if you rewatched it, it would flow more for you as well, or maybe yeah. less. Who knows? Because sometimes that happens, too. When you're watching something for the first time, and you're using your analytical brain to be like, okay, what am I expecting from this? I'm expecting this, this, and this. But when you rewatch something, you're kind of like, okay, I've already lived in this movie once i can kind of just flow my way through and you kind of can turn off your critical brain a bit okay here's the thing i can guarantee i've got almost zero critical brain for movies like this and i felt the exact same thing no you say that but legitimately let's be honest you're very come here today for a podcast to to talk about a movie so i also say there's some bit in your brain that's just like well i've got to think about what the movie is doing and I, 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 I have mean, to say, more. you did really well, so you don't have to worry. I was going to say, but I also think about the fact oh, that I do... Oh, okay, okay, the bar... <laughs> your bar is set way too low in the studio. <laughs> he, he understood the film, and it was a film, and it had titles and a name. And oh, he was and, able to talk about oh, it. And, oh, and, oh, and Malloy turned up. Whoa. <laughs> and, he, and he had hands to pick a movie, great. Well, Ryan, I had to drag him by his ear to make sure he finds the place. I mean, they're yes. pretty big ears. They're, pretty <laughs> they're really big now, because yeah, he no. dragged him by... Just him. a Dumbo. Well, they're being, home they're being engulfed by headphones at the moment, so, <laughs> we've come to the end of the episode, Bartek. Yes. I don't know if you informed Malloy of what we do at the end. But I didn't. We're going to throw him into the deep end Ooh, right I'm now. Exciting. Oh, we'll throw talk- him into the zombie We were pit. talking Go about deep ends on the way Malloy, <laughs> we're stuck in this room because oh. we can't finish the episode until we escape the gated room that we are in, <laughs> Malloy. And here's what's the problem, though. There's only three of us. We need a fourth individual to help us escape from the room. And that fourth individual has to be a character from this movie that we just watched. You, ha- We have to pick, as a group, what character we want from the movie to help us. And then we will roleplay, or, or, or real play, <laughs> how we escape the room as a team, as a unit, as individuals. Who from this movie do you think would help us escape this gated room we are in? Now, is there any threats outside of the room, or is it just well, the well, inside? well, well? We don't know yet. We have to get outside to find See, out. See, now in my head, I'm thinking if there's zombie inside, there's zombies outside. Yeah. In which case, you'd want Fido because he's able to communicate in zombie, uh... which means you'd be able to talk your way at least to what's behind you out. Mm. Plus, if he doesn't bite you, the others might not bite you as well. Uh, okay, he's got a good point, Bartek. See, that's the way I think of it. The gate's closed, Ryan. But again, you can smash his head into the gate over and over, and you'll eventually break the gate. The gate's closed, Ryan, and we have to open the gate. So we need someone who knows gates. We need someone that works at the gate. Yeah. Need I say more? Yes, say his name. Oh, Fred. D. Yep, (laughs) old Fred. 
I knew you were going to go there, Bartek, and I immediately was like, you know, I'm on the same wavelength as you, but my original choice for someone to help us escape was um, I, I wanted to pick um, Tammy. Yeah. She seemed pretty good. She got her. shot in the head, and she seemed to survive that. But I think we need to pick Fred. I mean, he was a hero. I mean, he was a traitor in the end, according to the <laughs> government. But, you know, Fred's a good choice. Now, we're stuck in this room. There's a gate. How do four people get over a gate? What's, what's, what do you think we do? Well, see, I would climb on Friday. Yeah, but we, we've got Fred now. So, Fred. He's a full-bodied, able human being. Oh. I think... Is there a lock on this gate? No, no, no. We don't even have the door part of the gate. We don't it's just the, the gate door. gate. Oh, it's, it's just geez. a fence, sorry. We're in a gated community. We're in a okay. fenced community. Bartek, what do you think is a way that we could get out with Fred helping us? Well, I would immediately ask Fred, like, Fred, what's the protocol to get on the other side of a gate? Like, and, and whatever he tells me, you know, I'll try to, like, incorporate that into okay. this gate. So what would Fred say? Well, uh, uh, well, let's ask Fred. So Fred, what do you think we should do? Oh man, alright. So I'm just trying to get his voice because he barely spoke. It was kind of like a <laughs> no, it was... He made faces. Yeah, he did make... Well, you can't make faces on audio <laughs> podcast. It was kind of... How about, how about yeah. you make faces and I translate those faces? <laughs> okay. Okay, so what we need to do is stack on top of each other and the t- person on top jumps over and then the second person jumps over that person. The person on the fence helps pull them over. Okay. Mm. See, this so, is why we picked Fred. So we got... But then we've got two people still stuck on the other side and they can't just help pull See, themselves over. See, I think Fred is so good with faces and communication, he'll be able to find someone to talk to and bring our help. Wow. How about oh my God. How about Fred makes a really big face and we climb on the face and go over <laughs> the fence? Yeah, and then Fred's on the other side still. Yeah. Well, Fred just opens his, his mouth. His nose will be over him. the fence. We'll pull the nose. <laughs> pull the nose. <laughs> he did have a really big nose. It's like actually. a Houdini blanket. Just pull it over the fence and it disappears. <laughs> exactly. So we're it's over like the fence bizarre. now. We're all high-fiving, high-five, we've made it. End of the episode, high-five. Fred's there, and then we hear, we look over, oh no, they're eating Fred! (gasps) Ah, well, it's okay, he was a traitor. Let's just keep moving forward (laughs) to the bit of the episode in which I tell you listening people to, you know, spread us like a virus, like a zombie plague. You know, rate us on the Apple Podcasts and whatever podcast platforming sites have a rating system and a review system. Spread us. Tell all your friends when all the social medias, the Facebook, the Twitter, I mean, that's it. We're not on Instagram or MySpace. It's oh, probably for the best. Or Bebo. It's probably but for the best, to be fair. We should be on Bebo. Um, we're not on Gaia Online. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember Gaia Online? I'm surprised online? you know no. what Gaia Online is, Ryan. Why wouldn't I know? I, I, I don't know. What's Gaia Online? It's, oh, boy. It's a browser-based website with a built-in like MMO where you can like make your own character, but you like pay a lot of money for clothing for your so avatar. So it's kind of like my first WoW type it, thing. But it's also a social media site where you talk to people. Yeah. It's mainly like you talk to people, but you have a little avatar that you dress up. Yeah. Um, Gaia Online. Well, well I know you're going to be Ryan knows what Gaia Online is. I think Ryan's already got an account on Gaia Online. Okay, sounds like we need to set our uh, uh, set up our podcast on Gaia Online. <laughs> I think I made one forever. Ago. We'll just text chat the whole entire podcast. Did your Did your Gaia Online guy have a beard? I think they have blue hair. 
I mean, if you so, have an online personnel, that's all you need. So until next time, my great listening people, and Bartex and Malloy's, uh, we should remember to thank Malloy. Thanks, Malloy. You you did good, and we I We need to thank Bartek. We need to thank me. We need to thank, you know, the filmmakers of Fido. But more importantly, remember to be kind to each other. All the best with the zombie apocalypse. And if you find us on Guy Online, give us a less than three. <laughs>